Sports Talk New York with your hosts, Mark Rosenman and A.J. Carter. Sports Talk New York is sponsored in part by Prince Associates for all your insurance needs, the Phoenix Tube Company, the law firm of Declator Cohen and DePrisco, Solomon Jewelers, and General Needs Charity, serving our homeless veterans with dignity. And now, here are your hosts, Mark and A.J. Joining us now is a man who became the first boxer in history to win world titles in four divisions. He would also become the first fighter in history to win five world titles in five different divisions. He was named Ring Magazine's Fighter of the Year in 1980 and 1984, and is best known for his legendary fights with Sugar Ray Leonard, Marvin Hagler, and Roberto Durand. It is an absolute honor and thrill to welcome the man ranked number 18 on the Ring's list of 100 Greatest Punchers of All Time, as well as number 18 in Box Rec's ranking of the greatest pound for bo- pound boxes of all time, a member of the International Boxing Hall of Fame. You know, let's do this right. So let's go up to Ring announcer Michael <laughs> Buffer for the proper introduction. Only man in boxing history to hold four titles in four divisions. Ladies and gentlemen, from the Motor City of Detroit, Michigan, the former world champion, the former world super welterweight champion, the former world light heavyweight champion, and now the WBC middleweight champion of the world, the hitman, Thomas Hayes. Just gives me chills. Welcome, Tommy. How you doing? Hi, you good? Yeah. Yo, you got into the sport of boxing because of Muhammad Ali. You said that watching Muhammad Ali on TV, seeing him do what he did, made you think you wanted to be able to do the same thing. You said Ali made it seem look so easy. Um, You wanted to have that same opportunity. You idolized him, you respected everything he was doing, and you wanted to be just like him. Looking back... And, and knowing what it took to do what Ali did as, as being a boxer, does your respect for Muhammad Ali grow even more? Yes, I, I have the utmost respect for Muhammad Ali because I know what he went through as a fight because I had to put myself through the same, same kind of test or get myself prepared for my fight. And knowing what Muhammad Ali went through, man, it's just a, phew, man, my hat, my hat goes off to him because he, he had to do an awful lot. You know, it's interesting because he was your idol, and you got a chance to spar with him. You know, gaining the opportunity to meet your idol sometimes is either a very good thing or it's a bad thing. Sometimes they don't live up to your expectations. When you sparred with him, what was that like for you? Well, you know, <clears throat> you know sparring with Muhammad Ali was like a, a dream come true, man, being, being able to box the the legend of of of, of your life that somebody that got you inspired you to start boxing and you were able to box him too, <laughs> man, it was it was, a, it was it was an awesome thing for me, man. I just I couldn't believe it was happening. <laughs> and when I think when I, and when I watched the session on tapes, man, it just made me have that much more respect for him because I, I know what he did, I know I know what his capability was, and and me being there boxing with him. Man, he, he he made me look like a little baby. Well, which I was a baby. But he really, I mean, he, he was very nice to me. He was very kind. He, he played around me a lot, really, really well in the ring. 
it, and if you want to check it out, you can Google that. There's actual yes, video yeah. of that, which is pretty cool. So your road to boxing starts as an amateur where you had a record of 155 and 8. 1977, you win the National Amateur Athletic Union Light Welterweight Championship as well as the 1977 National Golden Gloves Lightweight Championship. How important was it to win the Golden Gloves for you to believe that you could be a success as a professional boxer? Well, the Golden Gloves it has, it has a lot of crap behind it. And when you win the Golden Gloves, it says that you are one of the best in the world. And for me to go win the, world, uh, the Golden Gloves Championship, man, it really set me aside from all, all the rest of the fights I'll fight again. Absolutely. And you, bring, you begin your professional boxing career in Detroit, Michigan, under the tutelage of Emmanuel Stewart in 1977. Stewart changes you from more of a light-hitting tactical amateur boxer to one of the most devastating punchers in boxing history. What were some of the things that Emmanuel taught you that helped you to develop into being one of the greatest punchers in boxing history? Well, Emmanuel told me first he told me how to box, and then he told me how to how to shift my weight from side to side and, and to, to improve my punching ability. And, and when I started to shift my weight from side to side, it really started helping my punch. But then I see, I, I see that it really helped me, so I, I started doing it even more. You know, those lessons uh, start, that he gave you started off pretty good because your pro career, you start out by knocking out seven, uh, 17 of your first 17 opponents. In 1980, you take a 28-0 and record into your first world title match against Mexico's uh, Pimpinero Cuevos. Cuevos was, enjo was enjoying a four-year reign as champ. At that point, you're only two months shy of 22 years old, fighting for a world championship, your hometown, in an arena named after a boxing great, Joe Lewis. So take us back to August 2nd, 1980, when you win your first title by beating Cuevas by a TKO in the second round. What are the emotions heading into that fight, and what's the emotion you feel the first time you hear Thomas Hearns followed by the words, world champion? You know, that was, it, was, it was a great moment for me because... because I was fighting a legend, a legend in the, in the welterweight division. And when I went in there and did away with all the legends of boxing, it was like, man, it was the best thing that could have happened to me in my life. I was like, I was so, so great, so wonderful. And to know, know that I got in there and destroyed somebody that was been really, really good, and I got in there and destroyed him with no problem, it just made, it just made, my, made my career look even more, more brighter. It's amazing. You know, obviously, after that fight, uh, you're the world champion. And talk of a super fight, something the sport had not seen since the likes of your idol, Muhammad Ali, against Joe Frazier. So now all the talk is you versus Sugar Ray Leonard to unify the title. What, are your, what were your thoughts surrounding all that buzz and all that attention given to that fight and the buildup that that fight got? Well, you know, my thought was, man, I, I, I got to go out here. I got I to show the people that I'm serious about what I'm doing. That I want to put on a great, great show. And I went out there and put on the best show I could possibly put on for people. You know, I rewatched that fight yesterday. In that fight, you were doing so well. You were ahead in the fight through 12 rounds. You were easily ahead on all the cards. Ray knew that he needed a knockout, and he started to turn it on in the 13th round. So did Emmanuel tell you to be careful that the only way you could have lost that fight if Ray knocked you out? Or did he feel that, you know, knowing the fight game, 
that it's, you know, no matter what you think, you need to, you know, win every round. What, what was the, the feeling going into that 13th round, and did you sense that Ray was starting to turn the tide in that fight? No, I, I, I didn't sense he was starting to turn the tide at all. And my answer didn't tell me, my answer didn't tell me, just keep saying, go out there and just boxing, outboxing, keep boxing. You're doing well, just outboxing. And that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to help just outbox for you and just keep doing what I was doing because what I was doing was, was enough to win the fight. You know, it's interesting because AJ and I love boxing. We've had a number of boxers on over the years on our show, and we always talk about you know, that first loss and how fighters come back, and it's the most important thing. You know, how difficult was that first loss for you? Well, it's kind of, it's kind of something kind of sent me into to hiding, just not to want to deal with people or talk to the press. Because I was, I was kind of upset in myself. I was upset myself. In, and then I was kind of like, you know, saying, I'm not, I'm not fit to really talk to the people because I, I, I didn't win the fight. I lost the fight. And if people still want to talk to me, I don't know why they want to talk to me now because I lost the fight. So I, I, was, kind of, I was against myself. I was really down on myself. Really bad. I think I was the wrong, that was the wrong thing for me to do. What, what happens after this fight is you start moving up in weight. So how do you sit there and say, okay, you know, I, I've done okay in this class, or I lost this fight. Who makes the decision to say, let's move up in weight? And you would move up in weight a number of times over the next few years. How does that decision come about, and how do you say, okay, I'm going to get heavier now? Well, <clears throat> If if you if you just fall everything in the in the one weight division that you fight in that division, then it's time to move to the next division. If if that is, you can gain the weight to to move to the next division. See, I'm tall and I'm very lanky, and I was able to put on put on weight. And I was able to take off weight. So I said, well, let me put on a few pounds and go to the next division. So the next division was usually about nine ten pounds to the next division. And that's what I did. I put on weight and I went to the next division. As AJ mentioned, you moved up in weight, won the WBC Super Welterweight Champion at 154 pounds, title from yes. the boxing legend, three-time world champion Wilfredo Benitez in New Orleans. Uh, during your reign as champ at that weight, the, you had the two-round destruction of the legendary Roberto Duran, in which you became the first boxer to knock him out, earned you your second Ring Magazine Fighter of the Year. This sets up maybe the three greatest rounds of boxing yeah. ever. While remaining super welterweight champion, all right, you ventured into the middleweight division to challenge the undisputed middleweight champion Marvin Hagler, first called The Fight, later known as The War. Which of the two fights, the Sugar Ray Leonard fight or this fight, had more hype uh, surrounding it? And, you know, and how did you deal, knowing from the Sugar Ray Leonard, you know, how much attention and hype was paid to it as opposed to this one? How did you deal with it? Well, first of all, I'm say, first of all, there was a lot of hype when, with Ray Leonard, but there was also a great, a great deal of hype with Marvin Hagler because Marvin Hagler had, had a lot of things going on, and Marvin Hagler had not been, been defeated in a while, so it made it a little difficult. Ray Leonard, I fought Ray. It was a very good fight, and I did my job with Ray And then Mario Harris came around from got The fight got built up really, really big, and people people started making their decision and making their bets because they felt that, that, that I had the ability to beat Mario. Didn't a lot of people felt that Mario was just too big, too big and too strong for me. And I, I was about to prove that, that they were very wrong. 
you do not know my ability. Of course, you may, for you not know my division, my ability, it must mean that you haven't really watched my watching time on the fight. You know, so, they talk about different fights and strategies for fights. Whether you can go, you know, they talk about Ali with a rope dope. You can move around. You're going to run. You can throw different punches. I think. For sheer number of punches thrown oh. over three rounds, this fight, you know, has it over any other one. Going to that fight, did you realize this would be a fight where you're going to have to basically throw a lot of punches to win, or to just sort of develop that way? Well, it's just, it's just something that happened. That happened in the fight. I seen that <clears throat> I had the man hurt, and I wanted to go out and, and, and play my own style. And I tried to do everything I wanted to Possibly could to get him out of there, and the man had a little bit more entertainment than I thought he had. <laughs> well, you know, a, little bit more, a little bit more willpower than I thought he had. And when he did, I, I shot my wad. When I shot my wad, that was it. It was all over. Yeah, looking, looking back at that fight, I mean, you broke your right hand on his head. I mean, with a punch. Yeah. yeah. Had you I, not? I, I, I did break my hand for 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 round. Round, right? I still couldn't quit. Right. Knowing that I broke my hand, and if he knew that I broke my hand, I hope it was a big good night. Because right. if I were quick from boxing and quick punching with my hand. He was going to, he was destroy me. He was destroying me. <laughs> so, I mean, is there a regret, A, that, you know, you weren't able to fight him the full fight with both your hands, A, and the fight that, that was, those three rounds, again, you know, people point to as the greatest three rounds of boxing, and there was never a Hagler Hearns 2. Is, is there regret for you about that at all? Is there a regret for me? Yeah. A question of regret. No question is regret. I regret that I couldn't get in there. And defend, revenge myself. I want to revenge myself, and I never had a chance to revenge myself. So, Marvin, if you listen to me now, Marvin. Yeah. I'm telling you right now. I need one more shot, Marvin. <laughs> one more chance, man. I gotta defend myself. Well, if Marvin doesn't take up the the fight, you could probably move up in weight class, and George Foreman might still fight you. <laughs> uh, now, now I will be a fool. <laughs> Yo. Boxing is somewhat of a family business for you. Your mom, Lois Hearns, is a fight promoter. Your son, Ronald, the chosen one, Hearns, is also a boxer. And you also got to fight on the undercard of, you know, his he fought on some of the undercards of your last fight. What was that experience like, being on the same boxing card as your son? Well, you know, it, 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 it was a kind of scary feeling because, you know, me, me having love I have for my family, and... Um, and to, to see him out there doing what his daddy's doing, I know I know why he's doing because his daddy's doing, and he wants to do the same thing his daddy's doing. So I kind of I kind of have the really really butterflies going on in my stomach big time from watching them. Now you're currently c promoting fights in Detroit and Chicago. AJ and I are huge boxing fans. What does boxing need to do to get back to the level and, and the viewership and, and the the passion? That you know was taking place in your day. Well, first of all, you got you got you got to get the kids, the, the fighters, to stop fighting for my other the cowboy, the cowboy, the same cowboy as they are, and not nobody that has uh, five five wins and somebody have 
started touring in 1520, as, as our class, you, uh, you just totally our class in the fighter. Get somebody that has the amount of same in the fighter, almost the same record, almost the same, so you can get, you can get a good fight out of you. That's how you make a good fight. If you get somebody that's totally out of class in the fighter, you're going to destroy the man with no problem. You know, we could do a full month of shows with you. So what I'd like to do to close out the segment with you is I'm just going to you know, mention a name, and you just tell me the first thing that comes to your head when I, I say the name, okay? All right. Jerome Hill. Oh, uh, Jerome. <laughs> Jerome. Jerome Hill was a great, great fighter. I love the guy. He was a wonderful guy. I just enjoyed boxing. He was a good boxer. And he is the first guy you ever defeated as a professional as well. Emmanuel Stewart. Um, my answer to that question been the best man in my life I could ever have in my life. It really helped me to turn my whole life around. Made me a different man. I'm thinking man right now. Wilfredo yes, Benitez. Wilfredo Benitez. Wilfredo Benitez. Wilfredo Benitez. The best, the best young boxer I ever fought had an opportunity to beat him right now. Yeah, and, and I point to, you know, as the three rounds that you guys had were the best three rounds, but I think maybe one of the best rounds of boxing was Sugar Ray versus Benitez, the final round of their fight. All right, Roberto Duran. Um, Roberto, uh, uh, class actor, very classy fighter. And, you know, I think that has a lot, had, a lot, had a lot of great abilities. All right, Marvin Hagler. Oh, Mama Hagler. Why you ask me about Mama? <laughs> uh, Mama, my just, he, the one that got away. That's the one that got away. Nice. That, that's good. All right. All right. Lois Hearns. That's my, that's my heart. My heart and soul. My mother. I totally love my mother to death, man. That's, that's, that's all I have, my mother. That's my heart. Ronald Hearns. That's another heart of mine. <laughs> That's my wonderful son. Wow, my old son. And last, lastly, what's the, f the first thing that comes to your mind when I say Thomas Hitman Hearns? The first thing that comes to my mind is time to go. It's time to go. When you <laughs> say Thomas Hitman Hearns, that means show, it's showtime. <laughs> Tommy, and AJ and I were talking yeah. about this. You know, in your era of, like, I'm 58, AJ's a little older, so I go back to Jerry Quarry, Joe Frazier, Muhammad Ali, and back in the day when they were fighting, you had to pick a guy. My guy was Joe Frazier, and I know you're an Ali guy, so I don't want to piss you off by any means, <laughs> trust me. Uh, but, you know, so you had, you had a guy, but then in your era, all right, when I would go to a Hearns-Hagler fight, or Sugar Ray versus Hagler, or Sugar Ray versus Durant, you know, they you didn't care who won because you guys were all such great boxers. So I just want to thank you for what I consider the greatest era of boxing in my lifetime. You know, as good as, as Ali, Frazier, and Foreman were, it never got better than, you know, you, Sugar Ray, and Marvin. So I just want to thank you for that, and it really was a thrill to have you on our show tonight. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I enjoyed talking to you. You got it.